Growing up, we build up all kinds of layers, layer after layer of protection to keep ourselves safe. And this is this is natural selection at work. This is the human development process, right? Every time we say something weird in class, other kids laugh at us or we get picked on or get picked last for a team or anytime we put ourselves out there and we fall flat on our faces, the human body builds up another layer of scar tissue. Uh, it builds up a set of neural pathways, a, a memory of that event and seeks to protect it from us. And oftentimes, eventually, our, our real selves and everything that makes us worth knowing runs the risk of getting buried. The central relational paradox, this is a concept developed by noted psychiatrist John Baker Miller. It's simple but profound. And that is we all want close and intimate relationships. That means we actually need people to like us. So, you know, when you hear an entrepreneur on stage say that, you know, my superpower is my willingness not to be liked or my ability not to be liked or my willingness to be misunderstood for long periods of time. I've said that before. That is a famous Jeff Bezos quote. The problem is that it's actually hardwired into us to fit in. And, you know, what that means is that we actually socially, uh, conceptually from our, from our human perspective, our developmental evolutionary perspective, that we actually need some people to like us somewhat on some level. The problem is we worry that no people will like any part of us. So we often hide anything that we consider to be different or less than, or, um, out of some normal paradigm that we generate in our minds based on all the inputs uh, that culture, I'll say, or society offers us. When our true selves are hidden, this creates all sorts of problems, right? Other people find it super difficult then to connect with us. They can't tell if we're present or if we're closed off. And then by extension, they become closed off to us. They don't know if it's safe to open up to us. So again, cue the paradox here. We end up without any close intimate relationships, right? And then this cycle continues. You see the problem, right? Nowhere is this paradox more visible than in the arts. It's obvious when an artist makes art to please themselves. And it's also, I think, increasingly obvious in a world where now we're able to distribute our art at scale for largely for free, you can start to see folks who are making art to please others. There is, it, it lacks a certain zhuzh, a certain, a certain punch, a certain authenticity, a certain soul. And it's fair. We're all developing this. But it becomes more clear as, again, socially, we have access to these platforms and the upside, we're having more people creating, but this idea becomes more visible when you can see those who are aiming at putting their art out there in the world starting to project images of themselves. Whether this is a cool image, an edgy hip, or wh whatever the image is, instead of revealing what actually makes them different, that judge, that that special sauce, remember using the Victoria quote, James Victoria, who was just on the podcast not too long ago, the thing that made you weird as a kid is what makes you great and special today. But again, we are not wired to do that. We are wired to not be different or to hide 
pieces of us that we deem shameful, either by the story we've told ourselves or by the cultural narrative that's out there in the world. And if you think about, you know, when an artist is willing to show us her truth, is willing to be vulnerable, you can actually feel it. You can smell it. You can taste it, right? It's so real and so authentic. You feel like you've known that person for your whole life or that you've connected with that piece of art so deeply. It, it just resonates in your soul. Regardless of this person may have been born, you know, 500 years ago and on the other side of the planet can come from a completely different, you know, cross section of the universe than you did. And yet you can relate, you can connect to that vulnerability. When we hide these things that make us unique in order to get people to like our work, we are actually neutering that work. This is this self-defeating, this desire to be liked does way more than harbor our creativity. Also, we end up hiding in all sorts of additional ways. We'd rather be invisible to friends than be seen in a negative light by a stranger. We become allergic to the very idea of rejection. And you can see the problems baked into that, right? I talked earlier in a previous episode about rejection therapy. Uh, Zhe Zhang and his book around rejection therapy and his talk um, on the internet. Again, I had the good pleasure of sharing a stage with him at one point. And it was, it was absolutely excellent. The idea of being comfortable with rejection in the context I'm speaking about it today, trying to be liked, again, there's this allergic reaction. Now, if you've spent years, months, or even just a few days creating something, why wouldn't you invest some reasonable or maybe even equivalent amount of time to find an audience for that thing that you've created? And I'm not saying that you can't create great art just for yourself, just for the experience of creating. I do that you know, basically every morning with my journal, whether that is art or not, uh, that's up to you. But my belief is that if you've spent the time to create something, that there is a huge amount of value in finding an audience for that work. Not all of it, but I do think most of it. Again, it, it's our desperate desire to be liked at all costs that most often prevents us from connecting with other people who would, if you shared it with them, like or love perhaps this work that you've done. If you peel back the layers of this onion, it's, it becomes pretty clear. This is all about ego, right? This is why it's helpful to call it the work. That simple the helps separate the stuff that we make from who we actually are. Instead of my work, you'll hear me often in the podcast talk about the work, doing the work. I put in the work today. The simple the helps separate the stuff we make from who we are, from our identity. Now, I can take a bad photo without becoming a bad photographer or worse, a bad human being, right? Some work is better than others. That's fact. And I'm able to see that. I'm able to get better because I don't see any one photo as a statement about me. I see that photo is a piece of work that I put out in the world that is an attempt to try and find more about who I am and put more of myself in that work, whether or not it's successful whether or not it's accepted or rejected, those are things that are out of my control. Some work is better than other work, right? And the more you do that, the more, more that you actually put it out there, 
you can separate one photograph, one sonnet, one business idea from who you actually are from your identity. You listening right now, watching, you deserve unconditional love. Some of my photographs, some of your sonnets or that one business idea you have, maybe not so much. Maybe that doesn't deserve unconditional love. But again, you are not your work. It's fair to say that work has all kinds of different quality assessments. And yet, you still need to be putting that work out there. And if you can refrain from judging your identity as it relates to that work, you're going to be so much better off. This self-protective hiding takes so many different forms. Sometimes making a lot of different things at once is a way of hiding, actually. If we scatter our energy around and never finish anything, I might be talking to you right now. Listen up here. That might mean you never have to share your creation or risk rejection if you do share it. That's why so many things are half finished on our desk or in the drawer or in our notebook. Not because we don't love the idea, but because there's a fear of if we finish them, then we, we have to think about sharing them, make a decision whether to share them or not. And you can see how that gets complicated, but it's only complicated in your mind and it's not complicated in spirit or at its essence. That's what today's micro show is all about. If you've submitted 10 photos to 10 different competitions, if you have submitted your writing to a, uh, a writing journal, if you have entered a, a business competition, the more you do that, individual rejections, and you will get them from your peers, from people who are judging your work, as you submit it to the world, the more work you put out there, those individual rejections start to hurt less and less. You start to be able to separate yourself from the work that you put out in the world. And to be clear, I am all about doing a lot of work. So I'm not saying that doing a lot of work is the, is the primary mechanism of hiding. I'm all for doing that work and getting yourself out there. But I don't want fear to turn you into a dilettante. Of all of the things sitting in front of you, we have to be able to zero in on what to do next. We have to be able to focus, we have to be able to improve, and we have to learn to remove our ego from this process. We have to stop hiding. Now, my goal with today's show is not to necessarily provide answers, but to ask a few questions. And the questions are as follows. Are you hiding in your work? Are you hiding from who you really are because you are fearful of being judged, that if you put that work out in the world, which I promise you will be your best work if you put you into it. How will that feel? We will get rejected. Will we feel accepted? Will we feel connected or disconnected? The truth is you do not know until you put that work out there. And it is your job as a creator, as an entrepreneur, as an artist to do this, even when it's uncomfortable. I hope those questions give you a little bit of thought over this week and you can Instead of just thinking about it, you can start to put some of the results of those thoughts into action, start making more stuff, sharing the stuff that you do make more frequently, and build up that muscle, that create and share, create and share. It's in building that muscle that you will find, in part, your greatness. All right. Hey, before you go, thanks so much for listening. And if you got value from this show, Chances are your community will too, right? In the particular lies the universal. 
please share this link to the show with a friend or mention the show on social. That is a huge benefit for us in hopefully in exchange for providing value to you. I want you to know that I really appreciate your time, the attention, anything that you give to the show and the questions that you ask our guests either on social media or through my text community. All of that is pure gold. This community, like any community, is a testament to that old phrase, a rising tide floats all boats. And by elevating one another, by sharing and resharing this show, the tidbits that you learn and the experiences you take away, all of that has a collective, massive positive impact on the world. So just a quick thank you. I appreciate all the effort you put into sharing this show. All right, that's a wrap. Let's put today's episode into practice and get back to growing together.